The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Help me, get me out of here. He leads me besides the still waters. It's no use, they can't hear you. And you're too weak to kick and punch. He restores my soul. You're probably thinking, why me? That's an arrogant question, as if the universe cannot exist without your presence. Everyone ponders this idiotic question when confronted with the inevitable. They shield themselves in a force field of distractions, never wanting to see reality for what it is. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Are those tears? Well, it's a pity. They can't see you now. The man of stone reduced to tears. The man of tomorrow laying four feet under. Poetic earthlings. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear. Do you know how many lives you buried? How many necks you walked on to climb to the top? Of course you don't. Compassion doesn't fit in your equation, since everything revolved around you. Your houses, exotic cars, and your manicured personality. (laughs) For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Is that your trophy, wife? Come on, admit it. You didn't love her. Catherine is good for business. She helps your image, makes you seem stable, reliable, and not a pathological playboy. You didn't think it would come to this. How foolish. You spent your days clinging to the material, trying to find meaning in the temporal, clothing yourself in the ephemeral, and not concerned about the spiritual. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Only if you would have noticed the jerk in the mirror that was slowly decomposing, looking like a skeleton. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You pretended you were a saint but you acted like a heathen. Damn you! I don't deserve this! Get me out of here! You deserve worse than this. You deserve to be thrown in a ditch with no tombstone or pastor, no scripture or prayer, no tears or family, just a forgotten memory. But you're a man of importance. Even the mayor is here for your funeral along with the local news channels and the international reporters. I have some very urgent and important breaking news. The mayor's wife looks her best in her red chiffon dress with her Gucci diamond handbag and her pearl necklace. Oh, wow. Photographer takes pictures of the local celebs. His mind wanders off for a sec thinking about his paycheck and what to put in his stomach. The who is who of the city converged on the moment. Even your enemies armed with roses and BS speeches 
written by PR managers and corporate elitists. I couldn't wait to see you go. Surely goodness and mercy. But now here they are, toe-to-toe, with their faces hung low, as they each throw a rose on your casket. How can you blame them? You were a miserable human. Taking advantage, showing no remorse, and being callous, you reap what you sow. That sounds like your little baby, Jeremy. Or should I say your tiny trophy? He's sort of like an accessory you show off at parties. He's an adorable little baby. (laughs) But when no one's around, you forget his existence. Even though he's quite persistent. His small lungs is crying out for your presence. But you're emotionally absent, caught in your spiderweb, in the business of self-worship. As I said, you're damn important. Even the funeral home has your name on it. Drew Peterson. Your motto is anything for profit. Your worldview is toxic. Stop fidgeting in your casket and accept the card you're dealt. How did I get here? You were out dining in an upscale French restaurant with crystal wine glasses, chandelier in the center, and a tuxedo-dressed fellow playing the piano. Your wife would have liked it, but she was not invited. Instead, you chose a young girl from the office. Hello. Business meeting is what you called it. To tiptoe around your conscience, a pre-packaged alibi in case your wife got suspicious. Waiter filled your cup with bubbly and served you a sirloin steak with all the fixings. Janet had a salad and nervously chatted. Clearly, she wasn't into you, but you had no clue. You took another bite of your steak and snuck a peek at her V-line dress. Pianist up the tempo. To display your bravado, you balanced an olive on your temple, rolled it on your nose and sucked it in your mouth. It went down the wrong way as you gasped for air. Your wife, no CPR, and the helmet maneuver. It's too bad you didn't invite her. <coughs> you coughed a few times until it was over. You died from asphyxiation, concluded the coroner. But your heart was still beating, undetected by the monitor. So that's why you're here. Shall follow me all the days of my life. What's that? They're lowering you into the earth. Please wait. Wait. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm not dead yet.
They say that the scariest thing ever, the scariest way to die is to be buried alive. And that is so true. I can't think of a worse way to die. A long time ago, before modern medicine, they didn't have the best way of determining somebody's death. And sometimes they made a mistake. And you may think, well, how can they how can they get that wrong? Can they just check the heart and everything else? Well, I think they did check the heart and those other things, but mistakes happen. So what they did is they buried that person. Buried that person alive. Some of them, the, I guess the smart ones, they attached a rope and a bell. So how this works is that late at night, if they hear the bell, I guess... The person is kind of like on guard duty, if you will, watching watching the, the graveyard. And if he hears a bell, then what he'll do is he'll rush with his shovel and dig up the body. And so that was that was a practice back then. Thankfully, now with our modern devices and medicine and everything else. We don't have to go through that. But I still hear that some people are buried alive. Now, this person in the story, he had a second chance. Thankfully, they heard him and they dug him up. Hopefully, he will change around his life. You will see all of the mistakes that he's made and the, the callous heart that he had. Sometimes that's what we need. We we need a change of heart. Bad things happen in our lives that will, will wake us up, will make us into better people, into better earthlings. If you want to do what I'm doing, recording your show, I've opened up my new studio. It's simply called Poetic Earthlings Studio. I'm working with writers primarily. So if you want to start a podcast, then hire me. I could do all the editing for you. Make sure that your sound is just the way you want it to be. Design a sound design that that matches your show. Get in contact with me. My handle on Twitter is Poetic Earthling. You could also reach out to me as well on the main podcast, PoeticEarthlings.com. Hopefully, and next time I could share with you something a little bit more uplifting, I guess, rather than talking about this particular topic. If you want to see all the previous episodes that I've done, and there is quite a lot, it's adding up all the artwork as well, then go to my website once again, whiteearthlings.com. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode. Do me a favor, if you will. Share it with at least two other souls, two earthlings that you know. Let them know that you've been listening to this show and you enjoyed so far and you think that they will also. Obviously, you know them way better than I do. Reach out to them for me. Will you? You take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Under the Dandelions, written and produced by York Campbell. 
Music is licensed under Epidemic Sound. Special performances by Timothy from Create Art Podcast. Please follow or subscribe to his show on createartpodcast.com. Also, a special performance by yours truly, Shantae from ctamarketing.biz. See you next time on Poetic Earthlings. The girl at the cash register asked me, how am I doing? She doesn't really care. This is just polite conversation. However, I respond will fall on deaf ears. I could answer candidly about my diarrhea, my financial misfortunes, my obsession with death, beauty and fear holding hands in my soul dark, morbid thoughts in a bouquet of sunshine. Or I could just say that I'm fine, as everyone else does, place my food in the cart and cast her a smile, little pieces of lies to hide life's discomforts. Things are falling apart, but I have to portray that I'm solid. Society favors strength, and I'm the opposite of that. I don't have it all together, just a simple poet, taking care of my family before the world ends. This is the honest answer to the aforementioned question. Can you hurry up? But I smile and lie and say, I'm doing fine. Thank you for shopping at We Don't Give an F. Take care. Come again. Poetic Earthlings.